You're listening to the Trust Issues Podcast. I'm David Puner, a Senior Editorial Manager at CyberArk, the global leader in identity security. This past spring, Costa Rica was hit with a series of large-scale, long-lasting ransomware attacks, which wreaked havoc on the government and healthcare system and paralyzed imports and exports. The ripple effects were far-reaching and the economy was crippled. The president declared a national state of emergency. What's inherent to the nature of these attacks? Among other things, velocity. Now, I'm no expert in velocity, but I'm talking about velocity in its high school physics context. Velocity, as we know it in the physical world, is not just speed, but also the direction an object is headed. In baseball, a pitcher delivers pitches of differing speeds and movements from 60 feet, 6 inches away from home plate. They use varying grips and arm angles to deliver the ball. The best pitchers are known to attack batters, and the best batters swing and miss pitches a lot. In the case of cyber attacks, velocity could have to do with the direction an attack's coming from, and that could be any which way. And as you'll hear in my conversation with today's guest, Benicio Chavez Alvarado, who's the acting CISO for BAC Credimatic, which is an international bank headquartered in Costa Rica, velocity is a familiar professional hazard. And during our talk, he mentions velocity pretty pointedly, a word that's fundamental to elementary physics, yet stripped of any predictability when brought into the physics of cyber, which would probably be a good name for a college-level elective. Basic laws of physics don't apply in the cyber world. So here's Vinicio Chavez-Alvarado talking velocity and about those springtime cyber attacks in Costa Rica and other things that are on his mind as a CISO working in an industry that's among the leading targets for high-velocity cyber attacks. So we are here today with Vinicio Chavez Alvarado. He is a senior cybersecurity manager at BAC Credimatic, and that role is what is essentially amounts to the uh, the CISO at BAC Credimatic. Uh, BAC Credimatic is, of course, a large financial institution in, in Central America. It's got twenty thousand employees, three point eight million customers, and it operates in seven countries. They are El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, Nicaragua. Costa Rica, Panama, and the Bahamas. Um, welcome to Trust Issues, Vinicio. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me here. Nice to talk to you. Um, so we'd love to dig into your role a little bit to start things off. What does your day-to-day job entail? And, and what's a typical day look like for you if there is such a thing? I lo- always love to do a little bit of exercise in the morning from 5 to 7 a.m., then uh, I actually like to meditate. I, I love, I start to meditate like a year ago, something like that. And, and for me, it's kind of interesting because it's, it's like a moment with me to just clear my mind, visualize my day, uh, having the things that I need to be done there early in the morning. So I take this, this little space with me uh, just to meditate. Then I just start to look in, into my agenda. Uh, usually I have the, the toughest uh, meetings I have in the morning. I prefer to do it in the morning. Okay, so I jump in in, in different types of meeting with my team. We talk about priorities. We made 
decisions together. And it's, it's a real space to grow with my team. So uh, I should point out that you are located in San Jose, Costa Rica. Um, and what about, is your team uh, also in San Jose, Costa Rica? Are they divided or, or scattered across the, the seven countries that, the, that your organization operates in? Okay, the, the, the core team is here in Costa Rica, but there is people in each country that manage cybersecurity. The actual meeting that I have on Wednesday is, my, is with my core team, and almost everybody is here in, in San Jose, Costa Rica. And I say almost everybody, but th- there is a couple of persons that uh, during the pandemic, they asked to live to the hometown, and, that, and they are living, living right now like four hours from, uh, from San Jose. But the rest of the team is here in Costa Rica and also in San Jose, este, Costa Rica. How big is the team and how big is the core team? I think we're like 28 people. Is it safe to say that in your world there is no typical day as far as what may be suddenly high priority? Basically, we are in charge of everything that has to be done with cybersecurity. Uh, We manage all the different types of tools. We manage all the different types of cybersecurity process. But uh, we also have a a really important um, responsibility. We review every single business uh, initiative or process that is need to be uh, put uh, to our clients. We review it. We review it in a way that... um, we enable the business by the identify uh, risks and manage those risks prior they're going into the production environment or prior they're going to offer some new functionality to our clients, retail or, or businesses uh, outside uh, BAC. And, and this is really important because it's enable us to detect, mitigate risk prior to these uh, businesses or processes put into the general public. How is identity security uh, a business accelerator? We believe that identity is the core of our cybersecurity strategy. So basically, we started a couple of years ago trying to develop an identity strategy that is around the protection of the, of the identity uh, to enable not only cybersecurity practices, but business itself. We design every new process, every new business opportunity with the idea to protect the identity of our clients or or ourselves, the internal people from BAC, and to have different types of layers to protect the identity itself. So we put it right in the center, in the center of our cybersecurity strategy from the scratch of the designs of the different solutions that we offer to our clients. And is there some a notable example you can think of from recently or not so recently where uh, identity security has helped shape a solution or how you go to market with a solution? We create like a process. When new technology is added to our environment, okay, all the accounts, privileged accounts that is created in the environment are detected and protected with cyber implementation and, and put it from the day one, they're born protected. And how long has that mindset been in place? Like three or four years ago, 
that we start working differently. And was there a notable, you know, moment where everything changed? I think it's more like a maturity process. The maturity process definitely was a, 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 a change of mind, a change of state of mind that happened not only with it, uh, within cybersecurity, but also within IT and business people. We were able to change the standard mind of people. They're, they were thinking about cybersecurity, protecting the business, creating more secure environment, a secure process, not for ourselves, but also for our client. And that really is a game changer. Uh, because when we just change the mind of the people uh, and they start to think like cybersecurity uh, people or collaborators, uh, you, you, you change something. Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful. It's interesting that you mentioned that. You've been with, uh, with BAC Credomatic for, for a while. How, how, long is it, how long has it been? 15 wonderful years. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> to, to then look at where things were 15 years ago and then evolved over time, how have things changed? How has that mindset changed? That's changed a lot. And, and that's actually a good question. So basically, I was asked to, to, to join the team as a compliance officer. And one of the main responsibilities back then is to uh, help BAC accomplish PCI DSS certification for all the countries. So basically, back then, that is the job that we need to do. But in order to do it, uh, we have to start looking to comply with the 12 requirement that the PCI DSS need. But in that process, we start to see that we need to standardize process technology and, and work, work, work together with the people of the different countries in order to standardize and everything that we need to accomplish PCI DSS. So we start like a journey there. There is, a, there is one single point that changed cybersecurity, and that's, this is the point, that when we start to work to accomplish PCI DSS cybersecurity, not because we have to comply, it, but, but because of how we did it. And how we did it is we, we start to look at the requirements, and we're not only need, we're able to comply with the requirements, but we were able to adopt some of the cybersecurity practices that, that, that actually is in the standard, and we adopted like a standardized process. So, for example, there is a requirement that talks about antivirus and, and how antivirus need to be configured. So, basically, what we do, for example, we check the antivirus implementation back then. We standardize the solution. We standardize the policies that we need in every single country. Back then, we have different types of consoles in every single country. We don't do that anymore. We standardize everything. When there is a need to change that policy because there is a new requirement or there is a new threat or there is a new read that needs to be mitigated, we change the policy. But we do not deploy the changes only to the requirement that is need to be done. For example, Costa Rica needs to do something because of the requirement. Okay, so we change the policy because Costa Rica asks us that they need to change the policy. But we deploy to the seven different countries. So, and this is just an example because this enables us to mature in a standardized way 
And when anybody needs something, and this is meaning from Costa Rica or Guatemala or whatever, uh, we, we start to look how to accomplish their requirement and how to level up the cybersecurity maturity that we have and deploy it for every single country. Last spring, Costa Rica was hit with widespread ransomware attacks. They were so yeah. bad that the president declared a national state of emergency. As both a Costa Rican citizen and a security professional based in Costa Rica, what would you say the, the, general, the general feeling is about, about this whole experience? I say to my people that we are not only a cybersecurity professional. We are not only create cybersecurity controls, or we are not only detect events and react to threats. We create trust. That's actually our job. We create trust, and we enable that trust into our businesses in order to they, uh, the, the, our clients trust us. That is an actual job. It's not implementing some cybersecurity control. There is the, we still need to do it, but we enable trust. And saying that, replying to your answer, uh, to your question, sorry, is you asked me, how is the feeling here in Costa Rica? I think we lost a little bit of trust. And we are worried. The people are worried about their information, about their jobs, about anything that is got to be affected because of a cybersecurity event. And you're not just saying that because you're on the Trust Issues podcast. This is for real, right? <laughs> no, no, no. This is my actual banner. You can ask anybody in my team. I, I, I think I say this like a couple times in the month um, because I, I, I always see that we are technical people, right? Mm-hmm. We manage cybersecurity control. We understand technology and whatever. And in, in, in some part of the roles, I think we forgot. Just remember, we enable trust. Just remember that phrase when you try to implement some cybersecurity control. Because if you remember that, we enable trust. And you create a cybersecurity control that is not trustworthy, you're not doing the job Right. So a lot has been said of digital acceleration and how financial institutions are changing to deliver better experiences. Are there any interesting recent examples or trends you're seeing? And what kind of experiences do customers want? And how is uh, BAC Credomatic transforming itself to deliver them? Okay, excellent question. Have different type of answer. After the pandemic, we see a lot of business, and I, I'm not talking about BAC. I, I'm just talking about businesses in general. The pandemic just started this process, this acceleration process. But we see as our communities and countries and businesses, we see the benefits. A digital, global digital transformation in all the different countries. And this is going to be accelerated because we see the benefit that we can have in order to change the process that we do in different types of countries process and digital transformation can enable us to do it. So basically, I see a change there because as I already mentioned it, if you want to change the process in a digital way, you have to put trust in the core of that digital process. Okay? If you want to somebody that is 90 years old, 
all, for example, change a transaction that is typically being done. And I'm not talking about financial transactions, just a process that is typically being done physically. If you want to that person to change uh, to, to a digital process, trust is need to be in the heart of that process. The consumers also want ease of use. So how do you yeah. balance security and trust and usability when delivering innovative digital experiences to your customers? There is actually the other important step that we, we, we kind of learned during the process. If, if, you, if you think of cybersecurity controls as uh, a lot of questions, password or whatever, and, and the more the better, you're thinking wrong. We, we, we learned that a clean cybersecurity strategy is easy to use for the people. It's, seamless, it's seamlessly for them. So basically, there are technologies right now that you can enable uh, in, in implementing different types of control, but not putting all the heavy work to the user. Tokens, more passwords, more, 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 more. No, no, no. No, no. You, you can enable different types of cybersecurity control using intelligence and using machine learning, this type of technology that is out there right now. You can put that into your validation process, into your authentication process, and you are implementing heavily secure practices, but a seamlessly and UX experience for the user that is really, really good. As a CISO, what's your biggest ongoing challenge? I will say that the velocity that we are facing threats and change are one of the biggest challenges that, that we face. We are seeing more and more advanced and complicated threats out there. So velocity is one of the core enemies that we face. So we have we need to change uh, also our minds because all our legacy processes that we, we might have, that might have used in the past, that might be working properly, we need to change that. We see also the need for more cybersecurity professionals. Is there something that you're doing now in order to address that? So we do you know, different types of, of, of process too to level up internally. We, we require that everybody take several different types of certifications, stuff like that. But more importantly, I, I truly believe that we need people that is aligned with the idea what we do is important. There's no lack of things on your plate, is there, Vinicio? Really appreciate you coming onto the podcast and taking the time to speak with us amid your super busy schedule with lots of things going on. And I will say that I would love to do a part two to this interview at some point sure. down the road, and I'd like to do it in San Jose, Costa Rica. So I will come to you. <laughs> great, great. Uh, it will be a pleasure having you here. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Trust Issues. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, comment, constructive comment, preferably, but, you know, it's up to you. Or an episode suggestion, please drop us an email at trustissues at cyberarc.com. And make sure you're following us wherever you listen to podcasts. 